Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Irene. Amen. That was a powerful worship time, and we are going to continue worshiping God through the study of his word. So I want you at this moment uh, to turn to uh, John chapter 16, and we're going to be reading one verse, verse 33. Uh, my name is Pastor Benny Lopez, and I serve under the leadership of Pastor Brian and Laura Worth here at Chapel of Change in Paramount. And it is our blessing, honor, and privilege to be able to share the word of God with you today. So I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 16, verse 33. And the title of our message today is, The Struggle is Real. Amen? The Struggle is Real. Let's read the word of God. It says, These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The struggle is real. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you once again for giving us the privilege to come to this place of worship, to glorify your holy name through worship, through giving, through listening to the word by responding to your message. And right now, I just ask, Father God, that you bless this online congregation, this viewership, that you would minister to their spirits, to their minds, to their hearts, their souls in a way, Lord, that they would uh, uh, know that your presence, that your word has been spoken, transform lives, Lord. We are chapel of change. Change lives through the power of your Holy Spirit in your word, Lord. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The struggle is real. That's the title of today's message. Amen. Uh, you know, both outright or subtly, uh, many people who follow Jesus and walk with God uh, think that they shouldn't really struggle in life. And there's this ideal that floats out there that if we're Christians that we should have it basically all together and if we have enough faith and enough belief uh, our conflicts and problems uh, will resolve themselves somehow and and when you come to Christ uh, uh, your problems will disappear you think that at that point that uh, uh, life should be a cakewalk and in fact uh, unfortunately there are many churches uh, out there that are communicating this very message week in and week out. And as a result, a, a lot of the folks that attend these churches that are hearing these false messages, these false teachings uh, 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 that attend these church, they, they, they hide their struggles when they have them because they mistakenly equate struggles with a lack of faith. And uh, I want to make sure to, to, that you understand that the Christian walk by no means is a cakewalk. Uh, uh, following Jesus, as a matter of fact, won't uh, remove struggles from your life. In fact, it often uh, adds to the struggle. And as our title states, the struggle is real. Some of the most committed Christians, past or present, uh, uh, have lived some of the most uh, difficult lives. And Jesus clearly in our passage here uh, 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 states that we should expect trials, that we should expect difficulties in this life, but to be joyful 
when we face them because we will overcome. Amen? He states, I have overcome the world. And through Jesus, he's stating that we should be able to overcome as well. You see, with Christ, uh, you can do that. The problem is that when you walk on your own, you're destined to fail. I want to quote George Mueller, who said, If we desire our faith to be strengthened, we should not shrink from opportunities where our faith may be tried, and therefore, through trial, be strengthened. I also want to quote Brendan Manning, who said, Suffering, failure, loneliness, sorrow, discouragement, and death will be part of your journey. But the kingdom of God will conquer all these horrors. No evil can resist grace forever. Hallelujah. Now, I want to give you the big picture today, and that is this, that as Christians, we are going to struggle. No doubt about it. But if we follow God's instruction manual, which is the Bible, the living word, in Christ Jesus, we can and shall prevail. Amen? The struggle is real, my beloved, but so is God's power to overcome. So I want to stress that the big ideal today is, is that struggles are a significant part of the Christian life. Amen? I want to repeat that again. Struggles are a significant part of the Christian life. You see, if our view of God in life is too simple, then it can lead to a, a, a lot of frustration and a lot of fear. We are left to wonder, if God is in control, then why is he allowing me uh, to face this struggle? If God is, is sitting on the throne, then why am I having all of these problems in my life right now? If God's eternal plan is working, then why did he plan for me to deal with these struggles in my own life, these issues? And I know those are fair questions, but ones uh, 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 which we must come into a correct answer. You see, many Christians struggle to grasp the connection between the sovereignty of God and the real struggles that we face in this life. Some might say that God uh, could not allow struggles in our lives out of a total, I would say, lack of understanding of the Bible and of what the Christian life truly is. You see, struggles are going to come in different forms and they're going to come in different types. We as Christians are going to struggle uh, in different ways. Some of us are going to struggle with sin, for example. Some of us are going to struggle with needs uh, that we have in our own lives. Uh, uh, some of us are going to struggle with dealing with loss, dealing with pain and suffering. And I want to say the struggle is real. But there is a solution. Amen? Now, I want to address one of the main struggles that we as Christians face, and that is uh, uh, the struggle of sin. Uh, we all have battles with our own uh, uh, sins in our own lives. You may be battling a certain sin today. I don't know what that is, but God knows. But I, I want you to take encouragement and be uplifted through God's word because God is going to give you a word that's going to relieve some of that, of that 
uh, uh, frustration and some of that fear in your life. I want to share with you the words of the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest apostles and evangelists of all times. He writes in Romans chapter 7, verses 18 through 25. Look what he says. He says, for I know that in me, this is Paul speaking, that in my flesh nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what, I, what is good I do not find. For the good that I will do, I do not do, but the evil I will not do, that I practice. Boy, if, if anybody was being transparent, it would be Paul right here. He's telling us there is a real struggle. Amen? It says, now, that what I will not do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. A lot of us are struggling with some sin in our lives. He says, I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. Amen. We're going to get that to that in a second. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man. Look what Paul cries out and he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? <laughs> and I mean, if you were to stop there, boy, we'd say, boy, this is just going downhill. Amen? I mean, if Paul is struggling, man, is there any hope for me? Amen? But then he rejoices, because <clears throat> in verse 25 he says, But I thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So he acknowledges that there was a struggle. Amen? And I know that in church sometimes we don't like to talk about sin too much because sin uh, 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 brings in thoughts of failure. Sin uh, brings in thoughts of, 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 of deconstruct failure that nobody wants to admit. Nobody wants to admit failure. Amen? Now, I got to say that if the Apostle Paul the great apostle Paul struggled with sin, then I, I, I can surely say that I'll probably struggle with sin too. So I want you to understand there is not a problem struggling. It's what you do with the struggle that matters. Amen? You see, there's a daily struggle that goes on in, in each of our lives, each day between our sinful desires and our godly desires. The Bible says that we have two natures now. A spiritual nature and a sinful nature. When we were dead in our trespasses and sin, the Bible says that all we had was a sinful nature. And we walked in the world according, the Bible says, to the lust of our flesh. But now we see that as we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus... That God now through his Holy Spirit in us gives us a spiritual nature. A nature that is capable of responding to God. A spiritual nature that is capable of having communion with God. And the apostle Paul found two such laws within him. The one law of sin in his members. That is the sinful principle of the regenerate. 
The other, the law of the mind or the holy principle of the renewed nature. He writes in Galatians uh, chapter 5 a little bit more about this, verses 16 through 18. Look what the Apostle Paul uh, writes in, in, uh, addressing this issue of these two natures. He says, live by the Spirit. And this is the exhortation for us today, my beloved. He says, live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. I, I think what he's putting out there is that there is a choice that we need to make. Whether we choose to live in the Spirit or we can choose to live in the flesh. And that is the crux of the matter. It is a matter of the heart and it is a matter of the mind whether we choose to live for God or we choose to surrender ourselves to the pleasures of sin. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit. And what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not subject to to the law of sin. Now we notice that Paul doesn't deny personally responsibility for any of his sinful behavior. And we know as we study the, uh, the Bible that Paul had a, a quick temper. And that might have been one of his downfalls. But he recognizes that sin is an indwelling power. So the question is this morning, what must we do? What must we do? And I want to point out the first biblical truth on what must we do, and that is this. Put aside all sinful behaviors. Amen? Put aside all sinful behaviors. Look what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says. It says, let us throw off everything, not just some things. You see, the problem with a lot of Christians is that we, we tend to play close to the edge. We tend to play close with sin itself. We flirt with sin, and it gets us into trouble. Sometimes we flirt with sin. We want to test and see how close can we get without going over the edge. But Paul right here clearly states, amen, and, and it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see, sometimes obstacles are in our way because of, of sinful or carnal choices that we have made in our own lives or that we are making. You know, we have a tendency to blame God when things go wrong in our life without realizing, hey, I put myself in this circumstance. I created this environment of sin around me, and now I'm reaping, unfortunately, the consequences of my poor or sinful choices. God is saying, you have a choice today. I have given you the power of my Holy Spirit to give you the strength to decide. But when we choose to live in sin or in disobedience, we pay the consequences. And all too often, we get into circumstances and then we want to blame God. But, hallelujah, because of the cross of Calvary, we are no longer chained to living in sin. We're free to walk away from the power of sin through the power of God's Holy Spirit. Jesus himself says, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. 
Amen? It is our choice to remain in sins because we find a, a short pleasure in them. However, we can't expect obstacles to dissipate in our lives until we confess and repent of our sinfulness. But praise be to God that he's right there willing to forgive us. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to clean us of all unrighteousness. But if we say we don't have sin, we call him a liar and the truth is not within us. That is where we can say, you know what, I, I might be struggling with this, but praise God, I can come before his presence and find grace and mercy and forgiveness and cleanliness because the Bible says if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just. Amen? Praise God. Paul doesn't deny this struggle. Amen? He doesn't den deny the fact that he was struggling. But we are able to overcome even though the struggle is real. Romans 8, chapter 1, verses 2 says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's you and I who have believed and trusted in the Lord. Who do not walk according to the flesh or to the desires of the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Wow, that is powerful. You see, Paul declares that believers are filled with God's spirit. And that, my beloved, is the antidote for sin. Paul says, thanks be to God for the provision of Jesus Christ. Through his death and resurrection, he gave people an alternative to the ineffective law that subjected us and empowered people to overcome sin just as he did and provided them with a relationship with God that sin previously prevented. I want to tell you, maybe you're listening right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're struggling with sins in your life. Maybe you know that there's things that are wrong in your life and, and, and you don't know how to deal with them. God says, I have provided a way for you. I can transform your life. I can give you eternal salvation by the cleansing, by the washing of those sins that you have in your life. I can turn your whole eternity around. The question is, will you receive his forgiveness? Will you receive God's love and accept them into your heart as your Lord and your Savior? God is calling people out of darkness into his light. And he's saying, you know what? I loved you so much that I gave my son Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary to save you from your sins. Will you trust me today? Will you accept my love and forgiveness into your heart? I will give you eternal life. I will teach you how to walk with me. All you have to do is accept what I've done for you. If you want to be saved today and you know that you would go to heaven, all you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, to transform your life. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old things that you did in the past don't matter anymore because God washes them clean. He wipes them out from the history and he declares you a new creature in Jesus Christ. 
Let me tell you that through a healthy relationship with God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome sin in our lives. My question to you is, who are we feeding today? Are we feeding the spiritual man or are we feeding our sinful nature? You know, I always uh, compare it to two boxers in the rings. You know, if you get two boxers in the ring and one is well-trained, well-fed, well-nourished, well-exercised, and the other one has been uh, completely starved and thirsted and not exercised at all, who do you think is going to win that bout? Obviously, the one who's been prepared and strengthened. Why? Because he's stronger. The same thing occurs as we have discovered through Galatians chapter 5. There's two natures in us now that battle against each other. The spirit nature against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. But you see, beloved, the battle will be won depending on whose you are feeding. If you are feeding your spiritual nature, you're, 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 you're engaged in God's word in worship and fellowship and in prayer. You are going to win this battle, this struggle. But if you're feeding your, your sinful natures, you're watching things on TV that aren't good to be watching, listening to music you shouldn't be listening to, going places where you shouldn't be, you know that at some time your flesh is going to fail you and you're going to fall into sin. Joseph ran from the presence of Potiphar's wife for a reason. Because he simply understood he couldn't stick around. Joseph wasn't stupid. He was a very wise man, but he ran not because Potiphar's wife was ugly. I'd imagine be, being Potiphar who he was, she was a very beautiful woman. But he understood the concept of run and get out. Don't hang around sin. Don't hang around an environment where sin is inviting you and enticing you constantly. Don't be in places or do things or look or see or hear things that will cause you or provoke your flesh to sin. Joseph ran because he knew that if he stood around, he was going to fall. Unlike Samson, on the other hand, who played around with sin for too long. He played on the border. He was on the edge the whole time. Delilah was tempting him and he played with sin. He was on the edge and on the edge and guess what? Finally, he lost his strength. Now we know through Samson's story that Delilah and the Philistines cut his hair off and that was basically the symbol of his strength. But the true strength was in the spirit of God that he had abandoned. You see, God had spoke to Samson's spirit, to his mind several times. It's warning Samson, Samson, move from here, get out of here. But Samson did not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Instead, he followed his own sinful desires, and he wound up lying in bed with the woman who caused him to become a slave and basically a clown of the Philistines. The choice is you. The struggle is real. But the choice is yours how you'll wind up, either successful, serving God, or being a clown just like Samson. Maybe your struggle isn't sin. Maybe your struggle is uh, dealing with a loss, a relationship, or maybe something, uh, a relationship that has gone bad. Or, or, uh, but I want to go ahead and tell you, the next biblical truth is trust in God for strength and wisdom to deal with your struggles. Amen? Isaiah confesses saying, surely God is my salvation. 
I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. All too often, uh, uh, people spend too much time trying to think and maneuver their way through uh, their situations and around their struggles in their own strength. And yet these futile attempts to deal with uh, uh, these struggles in our own strength simply render us powerless. We become a, a failure when we do that because we must depend on God for the strength and wisdom to overcome. And that leads me to our biblical truth number three. Deal with the strongholds in your mind. I told you before we were going to get to this point. Deal with the strongholds in your mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 through 6 says, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. You understand that word demolish strongholds. God isn't saying maybe you might win a couple of battles. He's saying if you follow my game plan, you can demolish strongholds in your life. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The Bible says be renewed in the spirit of your mind for a reason. Because there's those two struggles, those two struggles, and if we are not renewing our mind, our spirit, with the, with, the, with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God through prayer and communion and fellowship, then what are we renewing our mind with? Somebody say, hmm. You know, some struggles, and, and it's amazing, some struggles that we deal with aren't even real. They aren't even real because we have let our fears we have let our worries in our lives, uh, 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 lies that come into our head, keep us paralyzed from dealing with them. Many times the key to overcoming uh, 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 major issues is to first deal with. I repeat, first deal with what we have allowed our minds to focus on and realign our thinking to be par on par with God's word. It's amazing that Peter, he asked Jesus, let me walk to you in the waters. And initially, Jesus uh, allowed Peter to come off the boat, and he did walk on the waters. But the problem was is that Peter focused on the storm rather than focusing on Jesus and immediately sinked. And that's the same thing that happens to us all the time when we take our focus off of Jesus and we put it on the storms and on the struggles of life. We will sink. Our mind has to be aligned with God's word. Meditation, memorization, and reflection of God's word on a daily basis will demolish every wrong thought, every stronghold. Because I'll tell you, nothing is too hard or out of God's control. Amen? I'm going to finish up here with Jeremiah 32, 27. It says, the Lord declares, I am the Lord, the God of all man. Is anything too hard for me? Wow, that is like God just looking down at you and saying, Do you know who I am? Come on now. I am the creator of the whole universe. Do you think that your problem is that big that I can't handle it? God is telling you today, my beloved, your struggles are not too big for him. With his help and his power, you can overcome 
I know the struggle is real, but God's power is more real. Hallelujah. Praise God. Quickly, a couple of observations that I want us to take away and learn from today. The struggles of our life test our faith. Did you get that? The struggles of our life test our faith. First Peter uh, 1, 6 through 7 says, Count it all, uh, excuse me, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it has been tested by fire, may be found uh, to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The second thing that we can learn today is that the struggles of life correct and build up our faith. Amen. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You see, the struggles of life correct and build up our faith. God just doesn't allow us to go through things just to go through them. He has a reason. He has a purpose for everything. God is able to take our struggles and make us stronger because of them. You, the problem is, is that a lot of Christians don't want to go through the process. They want to get from point A to point B without stepping in through the middle. There's no, no stepping over the middle ground. You've got to go through the process. You have to mature and grow in your faith. Let me tell you, I, I can't even express how many struggles and, and difficulties I've faced in my own life. The loss of a major job going from a six-figure income to zero overnight, losing my home, uh, having another home burned down, having a heart attack. Boy, it was for me to say, man, what, what are you doing, God? This struggle is too great for me. But here I am today, healthier, stronger, making good money now, married to my beautiful wife with three children, still giving glory, honor, and praise to God because he's seen me through the struggles. It's not that we won't go through the struggle. Jesus didn't say, let us go over to the other side so we can drown at mid-sea. He said, let us go over to the other side because he's going to see us through regardless of what storm lifts up. The struggles of our lives allow us finally to glorify God. Peter writes, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in his name. You see, struggles and issues allow us, and this is what we miss all too often, it allows us to glorify God in a way that we face these trials before a watching world. You see, there's an audience out there that's looking at us, and they're saying, let's see how he's going to respond to this trouble. Oh, he just lost his job? Let's see how Pastor Benny deals with this issue now. Oh, his house burned down let's see if he's going to curse God and leave God or if he's going to be faithful and continue on and I know you're going through struggles too my beloved but God is saying you know what my power in you can overcome because Jesus said in this world you will have trials and tribulations you will struggle but fear not I have overcome the world Christian has a loving heavenly father who is testing, correcting, 
and building our faith by the situations of our lives. And you have an opportunity each day to glorify God in a way you respond to the struggles you face. The struggle is real, but he allows these things in our life in order to bless you and to glorify his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we thank you once more for this word. I just pray for all those who are viewing this transmission through a, a media, that you will touch their hearts today, Lord. Strengthen, encourage, uplift those who are struggling, Lord, with certain areas of your life. Help them to seek your face for strength. Help them to find a, 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 a strength in your word and through prayer and through the fellowship with other saints and through the counsel of wise people that were brought into their lives to help them get through these things. Father God, I pray that if there's somebody struggling right now, strengthen them through the power of this message, Lord. It is your word that not, does not return void. Touch lives today, Lord. And I pray for that person who still doesn't know you, Lord. Let this be the day of their salvation, that they might say, I'm tired of living the life I'm living. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus and live a new life. Lord, bless these lives to the glory, honor, and praise of your holy name. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. God bless you, my beloved, at this time. We're going to go ahead and turn it over, amen, to Pastor Irene, who's going to go ahead and bring us some uh, important messages and announcements, amen. Uh, thank you once again. I love you. God bless you.